This episode of Classically Black Podcast is sponsored by Unclassified. Unclassified Curious Play is for the curious classical listener. Whether you're wanting to cozy up with a good book to Coleridge Taylor. Or get into a productive mood with Debussy. I'm sure they threw this in because they know we can't stand no Debussy. At all. <laughs> you can stream the perfect playlist for any moment. Learn more at unclassified.com. Delaney and it's Katie and this is Classical Black Podcast where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession with trap beats playing in the da 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 do you know that melody huh that is TT flows piano sonata in E minor second movement and then she goes that she was like, like some church stuff underneath it. She goes, buddy. I was like, girl, you will melt. You got to listen to it. I be trying to get into piano music more, but um, it's good. That's like, oh, it's put, put in the background. I feel like this is the first time I've actually remembered that you were going to do that. So <laughs> are you prepared for some ratchets? I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, switch it up. You know how long it took me to learn that verse last week? Because all the bees, big bag busting out the baby band. I was practicing like I practiced my viola. I was like, big bags busting out. Okay, got that part. Okay, let's go. <laughs> like, I was like, I will not mess it up because if I mess it up and I have to do it again, it would not have the same effect. Yeah. Speaking of doing things again, y'all. Girl, I just don't. This is going to be a tune. This is going to be a. Never mind. I'm going to say how long it's going to be. This episode. <laughs> not okay. So we was recording the beginning and Katie messed up. And so I click over to start over, realizing I never hit record. And I feel <laughs> like that was our downfall. You know what our downfall really was? You know, I was thinking about it. We really should not have moved the date from Monday. We should have just pushed through. Because at this point, it was about to be a IG live video on Monday. <laughs> we kept pushing this to record it back. It <laughs> was to start two and a half hours ago. <laughs> Love that for us. But you know, we're here now. We're still black. And we still have this show. Right. So getting into the news this week, couple quick things. Um, first is just a concert, not just, but a concert <sighs> premiere um, that I want to put on everybody's radar because it features all black composers. Um, the Chicago Sinfonietta is having a tribute concert to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on March 28th, 2021. Um so a little bit about the composers on this uh, on this concert. T.T. Uh, Flow, Florence Price. Hey, Auntie. Um, right. She, they will be playing um, her Dances in the Cane Breaks. They will also be playing um, Sinfonietta of Dreams by Jeff Scott, um, who you may know as the, the French artist from uh, Imani Wins. Um, they'll also be, uh, I think they'll be closing the program with We Shall Overcome. Um, but... They will also be doing a world premiere of a piece that they commissioned from Joelle Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to having all black composers, they're also having a black uh, guest conductor, Antoine T. Clark, um, and a guest artist, uh, Ifitayo Ali Landing. So, okay, Ifitayo. Going to be a- Working. 
night of blackness over there at the chicago symphonietta um on march 28th so we'll make sure to uh link the um information on the concert as well as where you can purchase tickets and the like um okay next thing we're just gonna go through this quickly because like everybody knows about it everybody has seen it whatever the whole thing um that happened with oberlin in the poster oh. <laughs> my phone was hot that night They're like y'all saw oberlin y'all da, 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 da. yeah especially since the yeah you gonna get to it so okay. um so basically if you if you didn't hear it this was all, i think on sunday which is which you know that's why you didn't hear about it on classical black we released on mondays the mm-hmm. episode was recorded it wasn't that deep ain't no oh i got a classical music emergency girl anyway girl the minute um, i jump on this on this uh mic for some class imagine me texting you out your bed at nine o'clock at, at night girl we gotta hop on these mics girl <laughs> i think there was only one episode that we've changed last minute i feel like it was like some type something sad must have happened or I think it was it was that it was the the week that we did about um um about Garrett how they did him dirty. It oh, was, it was we that had, one. We had something else planned that week, and we was like, nah. It was like it was like Wednesday. We record on Thursday, oh. so we was like, nah. We got to do this. I'm thinking about something. I'm thinking about something else. Oh, but I don't remember. But who? <laughs> um but yeah in case you didn't in case, in case you did not catch it the oberlin conservatory um on the yeah on sunday february 28th the last day of black history month <laughs> wow um they posted <laughs> a photo um that said celebrating black artistry featuring i think it was about five lily white faces on the um on the poster um so they were doing this concert all the performers were white for whatever reason they used i just don't understand how nobody how anybody looked at that like whatever have a black person in a room making decisions yeah but how could anybody look at that i just cannot i can't relate to that level of like just i don't even know what to call it like i, can, I just can't relate to it and i could see that all their faculty members are white but you didn't even think to invite somebody in to play with all the money y'all have and so this um this this concert a lot of people were like well not a lot of people first of all the post had like over two thousand comments on it <laughs> um and a lot, of course hundreds of people shared it all of that kind of stuff because literally everybody looked at it and was like so sis. i come i was like now oberlin sweetie <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, all the the compose they had black composers on the on the program. So in their mind, they're like, well, you know, we're highlighting black composers. But it's like I feel like y'all really not looking at Black History Month for what it is, and that like you really need to take every opportunity to uplift blackness. Meaning, mm-hmm. you could have put money in black people's pockets to play this music, whether they work, whether they're affiliated with Oberlin or not, whether what if they right. live in the area, right? What if they're alumni? It's virtual. You can get anybody, anybody. You never gotta fly nobody out. Like, um, so I think that was a big problem that a lot of people had. Um, that a lot of people had with that poster because, like, it, okay. Anyway, yeah, they got a lot, a lot, a lot of backs, uh, backlash on it. Kevin on stage reposted it. Love girl, reposted when it. I saw Lovey, I was like, I commented, I was like, you see what we dealing with, girl. <laughs> It's I the see. trenches over here. Once I saw Kim, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make no skit or nothing. Probably because it's not gospel. Because mm, people really, like, I was like, dang, this crossover into the mainstream? Right. The mainstream? And um, so 
they posted um, an apology, a statement, um, rather, um, about the poster. Um, this I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's long. Um, but it says, while the program showcased uh, black composers, the flyer featured only photos of five white performers. We acknowledge wholeheartedly that this was problematic, and we accept and agree with the many critiques that we have received in response. Um they they also they go on later in the thing to say that they acknowledge that it was a mistake to post this event out of context and without pictures of the composers themselves and we're deeply sorry and i'm like no that's not the problem literally like it's not that because when, when they say it was wrong to to post it out of context what they mean is they had they had several other black history month events more than i could say for my alma mater but they had uh several other black history month events so in their mind they're like okay well we did all this other stuff and it's only because y'all didn't know about that that this is wrong oh well that and also that we didn't post the composers whether you posted the composers or not like I said, you could have made, you could have, uh, had, you had the opportunity and you did not take it to actually put money in the pockets of, uh, of black performers and black musicians during this global Pan-African. And the thing, the thing that I, um, I was texting, cause you know, Joe hit me up. <laughs> Love them, but you know, Joe hit me up. And, um, I was telling them about how, nervous i am to see how this to see the residual effects of the of this because what white people are going to say about this is that we should be playing black composers only black people play black composers and i'm playing the few times right now and i have never in my recollection been french so it does that's not that's not what this is saying or i've mm-hmm. never been white that's not what this is saying and i feel like after them saying like oh we should have posted the composers and not realizing the problem they are daft enough to curl that around and be like oh yeah maybe we should just let the blacks play black composers yeah i feel like that's that i i really hope not but i feel like that is a you know a takeaway that some people might have because that's something that i've heard before like we're like oh was it okay if we if we play works for black composers i'm like what are you talking about like there's some things like spirituals i can see where there's pause Mm -hmm. but a symphony (laughs) (laughs) you're asking you're asking is it okay if you play symphony number five (laughs) just because it was pinned by a black person what are you saying like stuff like that i just whatever but it's the fact that it's black history when no one is saying if this had happened in july not this particularly because still the celebrating black artistry thing was ridiculous especially i'm saying but you said it yeah yeah like the poster and everything ridiculous but if y'all had simply had a a a concert that featured black composers white performers of course we want we want black composers to be played in these settings the problem is you're talking about you're celebrating black artistry mm-hmm. but the only only actually i don't remember every single composer so i'm not gonna say every black artist on there was dead i don't know but um because they might have had a black living composer i don't remember but um you guys are not bringing any black artists into the mix to actually uh support them as artists that's the problem during black history month if you're gonna celebrate black artistry during black history month celebrate black artistry celebrate black artistry all all year long because it's black history it's black history lifetime over here so and also like if you you don't have no black student that could have played if you didn't want to like i feel like not for free Y'all dropped the ball in so many places that it's like, this is what we're talking about when we need black people making decisions. Because the right black person would never even evocate the flyer, much more this programming. 
you really put that out to the world and was like, yup, this is the one. And the orange is perfect. It really, like, you know. Makes the white skin pop. <laughs> like, that is wild, bro. Like, we are really living different lives. <laughs> um, like I said, that's more, that's more than we can say for our alma mater. But, um, because they, they really truly treated Black History Month like it did not exist. Like, my, fa- <laughs> my favorite comment was, someone on Twitter was like, dang, like, the caucasity like y'all should have just left uh black history no- month alone and then this person like responding was like they damn near did on the 28th <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, mean, I saw that <laughs> i'm like black people are artists <laughs> um, yeah so uh dang that was one of the things i was gonna put on that but um yeah basically girl support black artists um et cetera, et cetera. y'all know what it is over here um i hate when i forget what i was gonna say but whatever um okay so next thing okay so let's get to the, i just want to address the baltimore symphony real quick what they do this time this is we've talked about this privately but never on the show i haven't put this on the show yet so basically um this is something y'all also might have heard oh. about yeah um their principal yeah pr- principal flutist emily scala um, of the Baltimore Symphony um, has been making some waves on Twitter, hmm. um, posting several coronavirus conspiracy theories, <laughs> just weird stuff. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go into all the crazy stuff that she that she wrote. There's a bunch of, um, you know, she she wrote actually is not just on Twitter, it's also on Facebook. She wrote on. Um, on Facebook that coronavirus was created in a lab at UNC in North Carolina and sold to a lab in Wuhan, China, and then planted in the marketplace 300 yards away. Um, girl. Um, she, yeah, so the coronavirus conspiracy theories were like the main thing that everybody was up in arms about. No one really cared that she retweeted a video that said racism was blown out of proportion and we were being brainwashed. Um, so just regular old racism fine with that but um you know when asked about her her comments um at the baltimore sun she said that she did not intend any to anger anyone but she said that quote my posts are anti-narrative anti-mainstream media and it's causing cognitive dissonance that's what makes people angry it's giving fox news it's, it's giving there's nothing cognitive about your statements is <laughs> They're just dissing it. Like, <laughs> like, girl. Um, so, I mean, the BSO, they they released a statement. Um, oh, she also, you know, uh, she also retweeted a bunch of stuff about the legitimacy of the, va- the vaccine, the legitimacy of the U.S. presidential election results. Also said that any photos of violence from the insurrection were photoshop um <laughs> girl we have y'all in 4k your cousin and i'm up there in 4k multiple angles <laughs> like people were filming themselves going in if you in full view like what are you saying um also yeah and and, and that kind of stuff that's like the people the like the Sandy Hook conspiracy theorists who want to say that stuff never happened. What? People the were Sandy, literally 
Who never heard of that? Who 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 say that that never happened? People that have buried their child. children. That buried is their fi- children. That is low. Y'all will not see heaven. That is low. That is very low. And so for you to say multiple what? people lost their lives on this day, and you um and you could try to say oh it's doctored or whatever. You literally you, we saw the police officer got beat. So and so got trampled. Other sis, and oh, you know other um. Like I think it was I think the death toll was was five from that, yeah. um, and you ever talk about oh Photoshop, it's Photoshop that people are literally burying their loved ones. What are you saying? So, um, you know, of course the Baltimore Symphony, um, they put out a statement saying that uh her views do not um reflect our core values they said miss scholar does not speak for the bso nor do her statements reflect our core values or code of conduct grounded in humanity and respect they do so my question is why does she still work there then exactly they exactly reflect because you you're saying that you're you don't mind that she's saying that as long as she plays her part well because the core values are the core values in the employee handbook she is an she's an employee and this is the thing you know I'm, I'm all for. First of all, she said that the VSO lawyer cleared her. <laughs> they were like, "If you need a lawyer to clear you and say that you're not racist, girl, I got news for you." <laughs> um, I feel Baltimore so, Symphony just. Okay. <laughs> um, you know. Oh, wow, this is so much to unpack here. So sis i just don't i don't even know where to start with you like <laughs> like where i don't even know where to begin it's like a rubik's cube it, exactly because <laughs> like, like people want to say oh well you know yo it's her personal whatever and whatever and like i am a, a an advocate for my job don't pay me enough to 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 whatever my to censor myself on social media however nothing that i put on social media has an effect on what i do for my job it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect how i act in the workplace it doesn't affect how i treat other people in the workplace so there's a difference girl there is really a difference you can't you don't turn racism off when you go over to the to the concert hall i know you don't because it's a part of you and it's a part of the way that you think and so some people were like well you know Mm -hmm. she she has she has a black student at Peabody God forbid. and and um she she volunteered to uh teach some like inner city kids or whatever at whatever the you know not I don't think it was at work kids but um at something else that uh, another BSO member was doing I'm like I, what I really need y'all to stop doing is the well she was willingly in a room with a black person once so she can't be racist like, there are so many ways to be racist so many it does not matter that she has a black student. That black student, cover cover that black student in prayer. Literally. What I, it's, it's giving what y'all, but let's get on one accord. Let's all fast. Like. Because that has to be hellacious. Like, um, also somebody leaked, uh, somebody leaked an email that she sent. Um, basically, uh, that it made her look much worse because she it was also some anti-Semitism in there. And um, she was. Yep, just put it all on like girl how many terrible things do you need like how terrible do you gotta be going for guinness (laughs) (laughs) yep um and um talking about how she was a woman and she's been discriminated against i'm like sis you play the flute like 
listen, I understand there are a lot of there are a lot of orchestras that have that have male flute players, and I'm not saying that you are exempt from being uh being uh discriminated against, you know, because of your gender. But one, that's not relevant here. Just because you've been discriminated against, yeah, it, it does not mean that you cannot discriminate against anyone else. We've been over this in the theory episode. Y'all heard it. Um, and second of all, like, girl, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, what? Because somebody, I think it was something like somebody wanted their student to have something over her, but you ended up winning the audition and playing in the thing anyway. So where, <laughs> where is the discrimination coming in? Is she still working there? At the BSO? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she in there. Not somewhere. Which is why, like... In her white hood. <laughs> which is why I'm like, what y'all need to do is just come to terms with the fact that some people simply need to be fired. Some people simply have no place in the organization. And the fact that you're going to be working in that black city with all them black kids, that's disgusting to me. Like that y'all so focused on well, how can we and what can we play and what and how can we how can we do this training and whatever then have a conversation and, and it's and like panel. she don't want to change she in that email um and I'll see if I can find it let me I gotta write that down um so that I can find it because I will forget to link that um that person better be careful though because no she, you know, she she's very public she tagging BSO every day so. <laughs> Cause our legal, our our emo's private, right? I don't know. No, oh. she sent it to the whole staff or whatever, but I don't know. Um. Oh well. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, there was nothing. I mean, it was just word. I don't know. I I don't know. The, I don't know on that. But um. But yeah, she. I forgot what I was saying. But basically, girl. Oh yeah, I was saying some people need to be fired. Um, I feel like people are very, very um, focused on you know how can we put the people through this training, and I'm like, but some people don't want to change and are saying so, and she's one of them. Also, I just feel like I mean maybe I'm just pessimist. But I just feel like anti-racism training doesn't work. Maybe maybe it could be like maybe if it's under the guise of like you didn't know this was racist, like um. Like being like, oh, you, I need a new viola. Well, is fifteen k like too much for you? You know, cause like single mom, right? And it's like my parents, <laughs> you know, or like like stuff like, like the that. Teacher from Everybody Hates Chris, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of stuff. Which I feel like even that is like you should. I mean, she was she was very extreme, but yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, like stuff that classical music has made normal. That's actually kind of racist, like that kind of stuff. But you gonna have I you have to tell somebody like when google is alive and well i feel like anti-racism training is just a waste of time and um it i mean some of it is absolutely ridiculous like somebody posted uh as a professor he posted a um a clip like a screenshot of um some like online faculty training that he had to do about diversity and anti-racism this was the thing this was the scenario Jim is working on a project with his colleague Santiago, who is Latinx. Jim says Santiago's new haircut makes him look like he's a member of a violent street gang. Is this a warning sign? These are the questions. And Miss Man from BSO, what's hair have to do with race? And it's just hair. Just because he said he looked like he was in a violent street gang, it's not linked to anything. 
Oh gosh. So okay yeah so that's what's going on with that she's still employed gainfully um and yeah so um we'll see what they do with that i mean i i can't even say we'll see because we've seen because that statement was a little bit ago you know i would say i'll say maybe at least two weeks at least because this thing this article that i'm reading from right here is from february 17th Oh girl, yeah. yeah. She's been the BSO yeah. awfully loud for some people that had to refinance their orchestra. Take out a loan. And they're getting five point five million dollars additional uh money in, in state funding for the next um like over a period of time. I forgot. We went over this deal a long time ago when they first got it. And um and there are people like in the community being like, So y'all employing racists, but y'all taking money like you're you're taking government money for this organization that is not really doing much to reflect the community to um get rid of racist people in their ranks like what are we doing um we were assured that we were assured by their their guest artists they have a, a a guest artist in residence um a rapper named wordsmith he has assured us that um they are they have some things in the works so we'll see um and then last but certainly not least just a quick little uh update on the the tmea the texas music educators um association situation um the guy who did that presentation frank chambers has come out of hiding he's put his um he's put his um his website back up his social media is back up mm. um, he's yeah he's back and um <laughs> <He's back. laughs> i don't know why the way you said that was funny to me he's back <laughs> coming to snatch the episodes away from you underprivileged kids okay <laughs> give it here <laughs> how dare you pori <laughs> okay let me not go any first unstable home i see no okay, 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 okay I'm done, I'm done. apartment apartment give me here i'm done i'm done <laughs> i'm done i'm done i'm done, I'm done. okay he has posted he has posted an ios press release in um well he posted it in bassoonist united um a facebook group on facebook um <laughs> and he um he's also posted i think on his website that is again back up that's teaching bassoon.com if y'all want to see i was gonna link it and i wasn't sure but whatever i showed y'all his name and if y'all want to go see it y'all can go see it um it's a long apology about how he um oh, has mm-hmm. oh it's a long apology on um um i i don't know <laughs> on how music is inclusive um <laughs> and yeah girl and y'all know i didn't read this whole this whole thing it's like seven paragraphs and i was what? like whatever i you know i read the first paragraph and i think the second to last um because and the reason why is because he wrote a little thing to tmea and says to tmea i strongly encourage you to use this opportunity to lead the way in directly challenging racial socioeconomic exclusion with which continue to persist in music education with you who are you to challenge anybody (laughs) 
And then they should be like, and we charge. hand that we hand that challenge right back to you, sir. T Mae's like, listen, I ain't in this. Okay, listen. I was reading the proposals. I just pass it through. Okay, like I would I would if I were the president of TME, I would come back and be like, starting with you. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, he did say several things about, you know, um the stuff like I, you know, have participated in X, Y, and Z, I'm sorry, all that. Um, he also tweeted at Classically Black. Um what? He said, I, I sent this to you earlier today. You didn't respond. I think he was, you was probably driving. Um, he, t- he, he tweeted at Classically Black earlier today. He said, hi, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> and you guys are, I, I know I was like, dang, I really dragged him. So this is a live reaction, y'all. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I sent that to you and Joey earlier because Joey's the one that sent the apology to us, which I hadn't seen because, you know, I'm not an episode group. I wouldn't have seen it. Um, this is hi. I listened to your podcast and you guys are absolutely right about gatekeeping. Unfortunately, I've been part of the problem and my presentation oh, okay. at TMEA is evidence. I've recently released a statement apologizing and acknowledging the problem and then he links the statement. Um, so yeah, he listened to the episode. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. It's just like part of me was like, oh, I definitely called him stupid and that. But, but then I was like, well, I mean, it did. I, I feel like you 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 too old for this. You know what I mean? Like, not you, about us. And you know, he's probably just, I don't know. I don't know. We, I'm still, I, I still see 32 streams, so I don't know how big the show has gotten. Like, I'm still in that 2018. Girl, we got 32 streams. Got 32 people listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah, I checked. I checked our analytics for the first time in a long time. Girl, we and, up. And I tracked the the growth from this time last year. Girl, we up right now. Girl, and um. Um. Yeah. So he he said all that. Uh, tweeted the the apology at us. Um, and you know, part of me is like, you know, people. Yeah, people do. I understand people grow. People whatever the whatever the hell. I just feel like you too old for this. And also, you've done so much damage already. I'm not necessarily ready to get over this. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and I also just feel like I don't need to. It's a because a bunch of and this and Joey brought up a great point when they posted about this. There are so many white people in the comments on this apology accepting it on our behalf. The people, who, the black and brown people who are actually affected by this type of thinking, um, they are in. There are white people in the comments accepting his apology on behalf of us. Like, oh, it's okay. No, oh, we're all learning. You're only fifty nine. I don't know how old he is. He's probably. <laughs> not 59 but like you know what i mean and it's like yeah people still learn stuff at 59 but i just feel like there were so many things wrong with that that it was just like none of this (laughs) you didn't know any of this and also i just feel like that's like i feel like i just don't see him undoing that i mean i don't know i don't know dude you know what i'm saying i'm just saying that like that thinking has been fundamentally part of your teaching philosophy for so long like it an integral part to the fact that like I'm assuming based on his website he's um a pretty well-known bassoon player I don't I don't know but it's like people look to you for advice and you have been and I'm sure also I mean I'm not a bassoon player but I'm sure it's reflective of the community of bassoon players to a certain to a certain degree so it's like apologize for what I mean I could understand actually that's not fair I can understand why anybody who who um receives that much fire is probably gonna release some type of public statement mm-hmm. unless you unless you the, the baby 
and be like, baby ain't sorry. <laughs> that would be the tweet. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know. I just feel like and with, without without any action, I mean if he was smart, he would he would he would come up with something to get Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, pressed to, to uh, you know, forgive. Because one, this ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't put up a suit no way. And two, um, because it's like, what is, what is my what is my forgiveness going to do for him? And two, no, like Joey said, my cousin, um. there, there are so many um, white people who are like, it's fine, open it, welcoming him with uh with open arms. Also, he got a little shop on his little website. I bet you sales are through the roof. Yeah. Because... When people were like, oh, Dr. Seuss is racist. We're taking down these five racist books. They were no, they were like one through five on bestseller on Amazon. And then when that one country singer was caught saying the N-word with the hard R. And he, he was shot to number one on the charts. I was just like, <laughs> people, like, we don't even got to tell nobody about people being racist no more. Because it helps them. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, racism on top of that? Yeah, I was going to listen to him. classically black so we could get some streams. Okay. <laughs> Like so, I mean, yeah. But I just want to update y'all on that because you know, you know, in all honesty and stuff, don't want to be saying it. He never apologized. <laughs> I mean, best of luck to him. I'm sure he'll be fine. It will never affect his career. He'll continue to teach. What about best of luck? Luck. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, what was I about to say? Yeah. So that's that. I'm not linking the apology, but I told you his name and his website. So. If y'all want, if y'all want to read the extent to, let me look. Y'all, oh, that's what the, that was the text I was driving. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that's that on my uh on my end. Okay, so we are coming up to the year anniversary of the Pantene Pro V, and <laughs> I thought it would be reflective a little bit. I think we did something like this maybe back in like April or May when we thought it was going to be wrapped, wrap it up then, you know? Um, but now it's not or anytime soon. So, um, I just asked, I asked her like preemptively and she'll explain her answer, but if there's anything that you miss from like pre paragraph lifestyle, not pre paragraph. Um, well, you know, like I said, I th- I think I thought of one other, like, small thing that I couldn't remember, I can't remember right now, but really, I enjoy being in the house, I usually don't leave the house unless I absolutely have to, so when I go to work, when I go to school, um, oh, these, so the two things that I miss, one is people not dying left and right, um, and also, I mean, people were dying before, but obviously, like, there's like mm-hmm. half a billion people dead now. Like, what the heck? And, and nobody's good, going to prison for that. Nobody. Literally, and a good portion of those, because obviously, like, people were going to the the places that handled it well, they died, you know. But it's like a good majority of those people was completely unavoidable. Was, like, was completely avoidable, rather. Like, really, could still be here. It's shameful. Um, and also, I just miss not living in my mama's house. I lived alone. <laughs> in an apartment before this um and of course you know it was very cost effective for me to move home why pay rent yeah to be um, in now i'm paying rent in sanity so in peace of mind 
So that's what that's what I pay in rent here. I saw a tweet. It was like, <laughs> it was like, can't you multi? You don't know how to multitask. He's like, of course. I am losing my mind and functioning at the same time. I'm like I'm losing my mind and relaxing at the same time. And I was like, yep. <laughs> there was this guy, and I've never heard of him before. But um, that video going around Twitter. Did you see that when he was like? Oh my, God. my whole life I gotta play it I gotta play it Play it play it play it I play do it. because it just <laughs> Like I was like what is happening here <laughs> Because It's it's a lot Like he was it's talking so about much. how his life is going So his name is Guap Dad So I'm gonna play what he, what he said Currently my life is spiraling Out of control I have no idea what I'm gonna do Every day that I wake up because I'm so reckless. I openly disrespect others verbally and I'm terrible at saving money. Also, I don't trust anybody. I don't even tell myself secrets. I think everybody is the police and I'm drinking way too much Hennessy. But I can't stop watching anime and I'm also addicted to sex. So that's good. I probably eat way more chicken wings than normal people and I think I'm sexually attracted to tacos. I'm a nerd, but also I trap and I'm never going to get out the game because every day, every account that I steal from, I say, this is going to be the one to take me out the game. <laughs> Have a good day. Currently, my- so that's relatable, um, but not in every way, <laughs> not, in, not in every way, but certainly it's like, it's just like chaos. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing every day that I wake up because I'm reckless. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much what I miss. Um, what do I miss from outside? Um, okay, so I will agree with Delaney. I mean, looking at the same four walls hasn't really had much of a, it didn't have as much as an effect on me until I moved to I moved like out of Rochester and when I was at home and I was around my family I was like oh I didn't realize I was so tense and like so sad and then even my apartment in Memphis is bigger than my apartment in Rochester mm-hmm. like about twice the size so it's right. like okay so very huge it's not huge and you yes. know it's not huge don't it's you got huge. French doors in there so silence speaks volumes you are annoying. <laughs> um, so Maybe. that's okay. So um, I do enjoy working at home simply because um, because I have like all these like little creative things that I'm doing. It just makes it easier to do to like how do I say like it's easier to balance stuff. Like if I wanted to get grab a, a workout, I don't have to go to a gym to do that. I can just I, even though I hate working out at home, I could just do that and then go to a meeting like right after, you know, in ways that would take more time and maneuvering under the regular circumstances. But things that I miss, I miss brunch because if you know me, you know I love I love brunch. Like ISPM got that brunch next week, not next week. In two weeks, I think. In two weeks. And like it's gonna be at the house. I, I still gotta talk to you about how we gonna format that because you know we wanna have me a little, little best plate, best brunch plate. Um, 
Well, that's going to be real. I love brunch. Going to brunch tomorrow tomorrow. You know, I love brunch. Brunchy brunch, 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 brunch. It's cute. It's okay. vibes. It's mimosas. It's looking cute. It's makeup. It's vibes. It's just, I miss brunch. I also miss church a lot. And, um, like, I miss going to church a lot. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I was, uh, I was going to church as much as my grandmother would like me to, but... Um, I always go to church more when I'm in Chicago. I was talking to Delaney and Amari about this earlier about how like it's hard for me to find. Yeah, your, mom, your grandma said you're not gonna see heaven. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell Pastor Dillard. I'm like, okay, let's scale it back. <laughs> um, Gloria. Um, anyway, um, so I do miss church. I miss my I miss sorority. I miss my sorority sisters. I haven't connected with Eshiro in Memphis yet. Mainly because of my my concerns with the pandemic. Because sometimes, you know, people be gathering. And I don't like that. Um, but I do miss my TOS uh, sisters in Rochester. And I miss sorority events. Like, when you can put a gown on. And you go and the cues be hot. You know, the cues be strolling. And, mm-hmm. and, and all the calls. And be like, the ladies are like, And like, everything look good. And I just miss that. I think those are the big three. Oh. I miss playing in concerts. I ain't gonna lie. I don't miss having a stand partner though. I don't I you like know, that. Well, you know what? You'll get that back when you play do your your recital. So I don't miss having a stand partner because I can just play wrong notes in peace, except when I play oh, by okay. myself. And then grand pause viola for sale because i'm quitting after that that was embarrassing um confident oh i was so annoyed by that <laughs> i had to tell myself to like play because I, I was like playing all quiet after that i was like girl you better play it's okay ain't nobody gonna die except for you inside um but yeah girl i want to invite nobody to my recital because they invite they allow like 10 people inside but the way i rather have no one there and and play maskless you know what I mean? Mm. That's another option. There's no way. Oh, it's not an option. I'm going to ask, but I'm well, sure. Well, your pianist. Because it's like, I've played with a mask before, of course. But, like, sitting down, I'm going to be by myself playing. And, you know, low-key, that first movement a few times is 11 minutes. I'm huffing and puffing. And, like, sometimes you can't get your breath. First movement? You know, just very uh, imbalanced. It's 11 minutes for the first movement, six minutes for the second. It seems like homie just lost lost interest is like 11 6 4 hmm. the first movement like wholeheartedly feels like a concerto it's so much low-key like on a window i ain't gonna gas the white man but <laughs> he did that okay like can't wait for everyone to hear and then the ending when it goes be oh he got this one part that goes you just be playing all these fast notes and it's not hard because it's just scale let me knock on wood because throw it in my recital it's just scales i thought it was just scales but it would be me and my teacher there so but i'll be flying out during the middle of a panda express you're not in your home city right now i drove here Okay. It's a hotel. Not the luthier. See, that's why I feel like getting your your instrument looked at is literally like going to get oil change because all of a sudden all this stuff wrong. I play this I play this thing every day. All of a sudden all this stuff wrong. And you know, 
I switched out your pegs. I mean, he had to switch out my peg because he saw that. <laughs> he saw the little rubber peg. He was like, yeah, so I would recommend not pushing your luck with this. And he was like, I found these pegs and I just switched them out. So let me know what you think. And I was like, I wanted to get my hair done. So that's out the window. <laughs> At this point, I can't get no, I can't get no knotless braids. Y'all don't put me out. I'm gonna try them though. Express? You said what? Is it Independent Express? I was going back and forth because I'm. So I'll be there. It's not necessary. Oh well. You know how I you know how I sound. No, it's been a while. So happy to be there. I got family in Memphis, so it's not a snow. Uh, ain't no thing. But a tofu wang, as you would say. I feel like I'm just gonna give you three dates, and if you can, you can guess it. No, you already gave it to me. It's on my calendar. On purpose. You sure did. In a moment of weakness, I caught you. (laughs) You did. (laughs) You caught me. So, y'all know my my Instagram is Alani Day A L A N I E D A Y. DM me for the dates and time. Now you you going live on your phone from the link. (laughs) (laughs) I'm selling tickets on the side, so. You do not want to hear this thing. I, I was like, I was telling. Remember last time you regretted it? You said, "Dang, I lucky wish I had told more people about my recital." I mean, but it's so was, secretive. The sanctum was good. the The brown was okay, and also I'm not confident that this brown, this uh, what, what's the dude's name? You told, I'm not confident that's gonna be good. We'll see when I get my viola back because, like, it was like playing on a, a Brillo pad last week, so we gonna see if it got fixed. If I could them chords at the end i'm like you know how you just be like you there's some stuff that's written and you just be like yeah it's just gonna have to be out of tune that's <laughs> sometimes if you just gotta chalk it up to the game there's like these chords in the hindemith sonata there's one that like my hand just cannot do that mm-hmm. it can do it if like because it's a weird it's like one of them th- like it's a strum and so mm-hmm. like one of them the way the notes are set up i think there's like one of my longer fingers has to be on one of the, the one of the strings that's closest to my hand, so one of mm-hmm. the highest strings, and one of my shorter fingers has to go to one of the lowest strings, and so my fingers cannot bend that way. Like my fi- it's just not long enough mm-hmm. to be able to to hit the the lower strings and the the higher strings at once. I can't if I can like twist my hand like I into that by like buckling one of my knuckles, mm-hmm. and like, but it takes it takes setup. You know, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's set up that I don't have. So I'm just like, that's that is just gonna have to be a dud. <laughs> like, I be I be having to to remind myself, my like, Katie, you play at a higher level because I I be going back to that. I be going back to that Katie that that uh, freshman Katie mindset where I'm like, I'm just gonna take some of these notes out. They ain't gonna. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see a chord when I was like back in the day and just not play all the notes. I'm like, yeah. Because you, right. you get the you get the you get what it's supposed to be. Right, it's implied harmony. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> use your ears. Come on, I thought music theory is the foundation of everything. What happened to that when you're listening? <laughs> There's this TikTok song that goes like, "They're not gonna know," and it's like, "They're gonna know." They're not gonna oh, know. That. And I I'll be like, I be taking notes out like, "Damn, they're not gonna know," especially when it's a new a new piece. You're not gonna know. You look should make that. You look should make that TikTok. Or like do that, or like a cut in the piece or something. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> Welcome to Melanin March, y'all. As we celebrate Women's History Month this year, don't forget that black women are women's history. Especially since they love to write us out of the narrative. So go ahead and center us by taking a listen to composers like Florence Price and Erilyn Wallen. And you know that Juba movement from T.T. Flo's First Symphony is simply the one. You know she loved her a good Juba. Also, you see our friends across the pond at Chinna K on here? Come on, Pip Pip Cheerio! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ty Murray, Sheku, Chi Chi, all them. You can find Unclassified's profile and playlist on major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Deezer, and more. Learn more at unclassified.com. And we are moving on. All right, y'all. Um, what are we doing? Oh, we bring it back. <laughs> I'm over here asking y'all. What are we doing? We're, we're bringing back um, a little old, little what's the name? We just want to finish off um, the questions that we've got at Sphinx. This is from two episodes ago. Um, kind of like a slow. It wasn't really intended to be a series, but like we released our Sphinx section that we did at the end of January, um, and then we released in the next episode the questions that we got in the Q and A because we got way more questions than we thought we would, um, and then other things came up. We did two more episodes, and here we are, um, but we I think we said we were like we're gonna do the net the extra half yeah it was late we did not want to do finish that and also sis asked that rude question and I was over it yeah you are so (laughs) um so yeah we just gonna finish them up because we said we would and Katie was like isn't it a little old and I was like it's only getting older so and also it's our show (laughs) I I remember like being like I don't want to do that like it's kind of old and then you were like it was we I have a classical music podcast everything old (laughs) over here. I was like, oh my bad. It's the time means nothing. Yeah, it really do. Especially with, and also like we when it comes out, like we've already recorded it for like four days too. Yeah, that passed. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, but was that? Um, I'm over here looking at that painted picture for us, girl. Bye. Um. All right. So I think we have a couple more. Let's. I think this is the one we left off on. Um, do you have any thoughts on the balance between highlighting BIPOC composers at specific events versus including them organically in the usual repertoire? Essentially, normalization of this diversity versus acknowledgement of past harm. That's actually a good question. Because at, at first glance, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> um, I'm torn because I think what I would like to see especially like playing wise it's like I want to have these come these composers like normalized because they like to say like we talk about like the canon not realizing that these people are literally in the canon like we're not telling you to, to you know what I'm saying make Jay-Z and Beyonce write an arrangement for the for the orchestra which you wouldn't you know? be deserving or can't afford that oh right that's true but like you're talking about like how do we put Coleridge Taylor in the canon what you know what I'm saying so it's like I I think I would like to see personally like both like there are times where I think black people should be highlighted like black history month June March April September October December November July June February January you know all of those months I believe 
they should be but I also think that just seeing them normalize like for example I'm not trying to gas you know what we doing over there in Memphis but like we're playing a Masterworks concert and Florence Price is on is on the program like the normalization of the fact that she is in in the canon because she is that's my answer Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a versus type of thing. Like mm-hmm. I know they said versus. They said um, um, highlighting BIPOC composers at specific events versus including them organically in the usual repertoire. I think it's a both um, because I remember having this conversation when I was on that that uh, a committee for Eastman, and they were like, "Oh, so we want to do this Black Artistry concert." Where did it go? And they were like, um, and I proposed that we do it in any month except for February. And I was like, well, hold on. First of all, y'all didn't do nothing in February. Exactly. So, so. y'all didn't do neither. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my gosh, what a constant disappointment. Anyway, um, but shout out to the Black Students Union that did do things, but they are students and did things on their own. And so, congratulations to them for that. Um, but, I was just like, well, you know what? I mean, yes, we need to incorporate throughout the year, which we also didn't do. But I am used to celebrating Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I'm used to going up for Black History mm-hmm. Month. You know, like I watched my my old school, my the school I went to from kindergarten through seventh grade. Um, their Black History Month program, and like they had, like, you know, they was doing their little poetry, their little speeches. They had some praise dancers. They had some, like, you know, like mm-hmm. all kind of different stuff. And I think their their theme was like phenomenal women or something like that. Oh, cute. Um, yeah. So it's like I'm used to having a Black History Month program mm-hmm. where we, you know, we do black we do black stuff. So it's like it don't have to not happen in February. It's like y'all want to say, oh well, yeah, let's not do it in February. It's like y'all wasn't doing nothing in February anyway, right? So. <laughs> so Mm-hmm. what so keep to keep business as usual i think we got to do both i think you know we celebrating black composers all year long and we extra celebrating black composers in february like we are going mm-hmm. up and and that's the difference between the whole thing we saw with oberlin um yeah we're we're bringing in black guest artists we're normalizing that as well mm-hmm. but also y'all putting money in black people's pockets for um for black history month y'all are going and making sure um that 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 y'all are seen as an accessible institution to the community especially somewhere like eastman that has that is in a very black city Mm -hmm. the surroundings of eastman are very very black Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like there's no excuse for y'all not to be um for y'all not to be um you know centering black people um way more than you than you are so i think that there's yeah like you said it's it's both for sure do you want to do this one about the excerpts you want to skip that one because i realized we really should have shared the computer sound not played it through the speakers oh yeah i mean we could, i guess we could just say it since i if i remember that. This is um yeah so we played some musical excerpts in that um in that presentation yeah I was wondering how that was gonna come across and apparently I don't know I don't even know why we, we did, didn't think about that sooner yeah we didn't because I was concerned but I was like eh, whatever it probably will pick up but I didn't know I didn't even think about that but yeah we played some musical excerpts and I did link them in that when we were when we re-released that episode mm-hmm. um for the intermission I think I remember mine mine was. Um, if you want to listen to them, Black Party by Marcus Norris. Um, I did Love Steam by Barry White. 
and oh i think i did it was an aretha franklin no 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 no. i I remember switching it out it was um until you come back to me slash superstar which is a a luther vandross um song that incorporates a cover of an aretha franklin song and it and it's backed by orchestra those are my three girl i don't remember anything you did a florence price something (laughs) <laughs> like I think I probably said I, I think I remember talking about how I think it's important for black people to feel like they have ownership in this so I know I, I said something about how we said hail stork not hail stork <laughs> I said um what's that dude the dean what's his name Grant Still oh Grant Still <laughs> um I think I said him, even though like I said, I remember saying something about like I hesitate to say it because I think orchestras have weaponized it because they it it like it's almost like they don't think they need to play anything else, but um it just shows ownership in in the history. I just I literally like I don't can't even find it in my notes. I do remember, so I pulled up the end this episode for that episode, mm. and um yours were the three spirituals for orchestra by Adolphus Hellstorm. Oh, I know I know Dolphy Wolf. Uh, violin concerto and three minor three minor. <laughs> In G minor by Samuel Coach Taylor and Symphony in E minor by Florence Price. Period. That's very good, baby. You know that sound? You know, I sat out with, with um that person that eating them Cheetos and they're like, that's good for you, baby. I think so. Okay. Um, how do you see white supremacy filtering down the performance style of classical? Oh, my bad. Let me start again. How do you see white supremacy filtering down to the performance style of classical music and the type of perfectionist type playing that orchestras conservac- conservatories favor? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. And I just read an article about this reading an article (laughs) (laughs) you literally was like i unwind with the daily new york times whatever the heck um girl my my attention span is like three seconds like it's so bad um so i'll be okay 300 word article gotta do it in 100 sittings okay (laughs) um no but i just read an article about this um by chris jenkins who is the dean of students at Oberlin? I want to say he definitely is the dean of something. Oh, the violist? Yeah, the violist, Chris Jenkins. And um, and he, I really got to link the article because it was actually, it was, and I mean, I know, I'm not saying like it was actually, like it was very surprising, but like it was just a lot of like good stuff in there mm-hmm. about this and about like, um, he he kind of addressed like the the f- favor that we put on melody and harmony over rhythm. When a lot mm. of like black music are, are are rhythmically complex and like that is um, mm. an aspect that carries more weight mm-hmm. um, in them, he also talked about like cleanliness of sound and like you hear that a lot. Like if you listen to gospel music, like we have like they'll do growls and like you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That very that powerful that powerhouse singing like that's that that kind of cleanliness of sound that we value in classical music is not always um like the pinnacle of what is a good sound in other genres of music Mm -hmm. and black genres of music and also other i mean there are other like native american um 
uh genres that have like throat singing and stuff like that like mm-hmm. there's just different techniques around um other cultures so he really goes into like th- i think he 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 refers to them as like aesthetics and speaking mm-hmm. in terms of of aesthetics so i'm gonna i'm gonna put a note to myself to link that because i think it goes into um how the actual how we actually like look at this music um in terms of um what is seen as like a valuable sound um and like that's like beyond music theory it's just like mm-hmm. the ear scholar i'm gonna say i ain't read an article okay <laughs> not your opinion <laughs> come on learned okay well <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i agree with everything that he said in his article so i'm gonna look that yeah, I mean the only thing the only thing I could say is uh that I might add to that is like the idea of the idea of what? The idea of like how you know how like not I, I think like per- performance practice in general you are annoying. I think aspects of performance practice in general can be because it's like those people did that and now we everybody got to do it. Like what if I like even like I even I was um like one of my kids is playing that that Mozart excerpt and I was like you have to play she played it um it was like a, a one three one right so she was like da 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 and aside from the fact that that's not what's written it's three eighth notes like away from that it's like that's how she heard it and that sounded right to her but just knowing that performance practice is dum bum bum right and it's like. But who says? When she wanted to play it, when she played the right rhythm, then who says that it can't be long? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I just wanted to, this just reminded me of something that happened a while ago that we talked about. And um, about like how much weight people in classical music apply to this perfectionism. This like how, how serious they think that perfectionism, that orchestra's value is. I remember, so after the murder of George Floyd, when, you know, some, I think, I forget which orchestra it was. I, I really, I wish I could remember. But one orchestra decided that it was going to cut ties with the police department that had been, like, involved in doing security at their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, yeah, we, so we're not going, we're not messing with y'all no more. And somebody commented, they was like, well if 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 one um if one person plays out of tune are you gonna are you gonna fire the whole orchestra i was like i was like are you are you comparing playing out of tune to murder (laughs) (laughs) to cold-blooded murder like what like y'all are doing too much it's too much y'all take this whole class community thing way too seriously okay what did, what did Whitley say on a different world? You just have to laugh. Just have to. I cannot believe you don't like that show. I thought I don't like that show. I don't like her voice. Oh, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for her. Jasmine is that girl. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah I, and you already know my dream part for her. So let's move on. You. Um. Yeah, you on the blind on Judgment Day. Uh, uh, uh not you. Uh, not you. No, okay, girl, we are um, yoked in this. In this, yeah, we are. But <laughs> whatever. 
Okay, can you speak to situations when ensembles play music by BIPOC folks slash women as a chore only for the performance quality to suffer because of that attitude? I feel like that almost makes great music look bad because of lack of commitment. Um, I, I can't speak to this because it's not my experience because what I will what I will say in my experience is that classical musicians are too proud to make something sound bad just because it was written by a black person in my experience because some people I know who didn't want to play no hell stork sure got a got a metronome and a, and a tuner on in rehearsals lately so um I can't I in my experience I don't I don't I don't know I didn't know people were doing that I mean I, it's not, it doesn't surprise me but classical musicians, they they so proud. They're not going to go down. They're not going to be down bad like that. Well, I, and I don't think that it, it's necessarily like they playing all the wrong notes and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because for a lot of people, their job is dependent on it. But I do think, like, for example, when you saw that side-by-side. Oh, well, And there's, that? like, the energy. Like, the energy. Oh, okay. And, the, and the, the energy that they okay. put into the performance. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that. Like, it may be completely in tune. And the rhythms might be right. But it's like not robust. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, like the energy is not sure. there because the, they don't value that music. Mm-hmm. I definitely have seen, you know, that kind of situation. And then that brings me and I hate to bring them up again. But this is such a good example of that. A couple weeks ago, we talked about or maybe the love was last week. Who knows? Um, we talked about the the rap versus classical video that Two Set did, oh. um, and how they intentionally yeah. played the rap melodies with less technique. They played them like they were like they had picked the violin up for the first or second time, mm-hmm. like to because they put no effort into actually actually playing them. So I feel like that's a good example of that. Um, but yeah, it says, can you speak to situations? I mean, I don't know. What do you mean? What like what? What exactly we're supposed to speak to? I mean, like they happen, and I think that's a testament to um, what what these musicians as well value. There are some people mm-hmm. who um, who you know the organization can say they value X, Y, and Z all they want, but y'all hiring people that don't value that and who are not going to put the work in. I feel like um as a give and take i feel like when you have a job when you have a career mm-hmm. somewhere i feel like you get i feel like you should be able to grow in that role and get more out of it than just a paycheck you know um and especially with something that's involved in the arts and in culture like orchestras are i feel like um you know having having musicians that value um other aspects of the organization is important like i don't think that y'all should be you know whoops, and do everything you know like mm-hmm. in in you know doing everything but a lot of these musicians get paid a lot of money yeah you know mm-hmm. a lot a lot a lot of money and it's in the, you know it's highly skilled labor but at the same time it's like if y'all are gonna have these programs that outreach to to black and brown kids and the stuff like that then y'all gotta have people who want to do that kind of stuff because what kind of kid wants to sit in a side-by-side with somebody who clearly doesn't want to be there with them and clearly doesn't want to be playing this black music and i feel like something orchestra is definitely gonna have to i feel like they don't take the interview process seriously enough i mean while i haven't made it to no final round i would gather that i would gather that they they don't take it seriously enough they really want to go for the best player which i'm not saying 
that they're not. But we're not going to act like y'all are picking from apples and freaking monster trucks when he gets to the final round. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're able to dwindle down 240 violas to three and you don't want to pick the person who is actually going to, who was in, interested. That's why I was telling Jasmine one time. I was like, I hate, like, I was saying, like, uh, I don't be putting a lot of thought into my personal statements for fellowships. Like I, I'm going to write it well, but because, but I've become so, um, what's the word jaded by the process because I know if it comes down to me and someone else, you're not going to pick me because I have teaching experience or whatever, whatever you're just, you're simply are not going to do it. So she's like, well, Katie, like if they might, and I'm like, okay. And the sky might turn red tomorrow. You know, it's like, I just don't, I don't, I mean, it don't matter now, but it will matter after I leave Memphis. I'm probably going to be the same way. I'm going to write one statement. It's going to be, it's going to be like not dry, dry, but not like robust writing. Like I would, because I'm like, I just don't think it matters. And someone can correct me. Someone listens to this and like, no, Katie, you are wrong. We value what you have to say. I'm like, no, y'all don't. Y'all want to know if I can play Don Juan, you can hear every note. You know, some of the starters be okay. <laughs> but like Dara said, by the end, of, by the final round, any one of them could do the job. Any one. That's not like any one. So I feel like they didn't take that more seriously, and or and try to attract people that actually care about that kind of stuff. And like I said, I don't. I've said before, and I said again, like I don't think classical institutions are are dying or whatever the heck. But I feel like they're gonna keep struggling, like our fr- like not our like our foes at the BSO, because they don't engage the community in mu- in meaningful ways. I'm not talking about no orchids. Is that even a part of them? No, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Oh, couldn't yeah. tell. And they um, I mean, they low key. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about dying, but I, they down bad. They because, down bad. Yeah, because some of them are close. I don't think they're gonna. Die. You think they're gonna die? I don't think they're gonna die. But I feel some like some of they, them are close. You got people at the Met who haven't worked in a year. <laughs> like, I mean, they need to be using that for reflection. Y'all have nooses. What are y'all doing? Over. So. I have to. I have to remind myself at least once a week. I'm like this. I'm like Katie. This is an inanimate object. I say that at least once a week because I feel like y'all. <laughs> so. I feel it. There's, I mean, there are some that are, may not come back from this, but um, yeah. Um, next one. Kudos to y'all. That's not what it says. Kudos to you all. The struggle is real. What can we do to make sure the music promoted? Wait, make sure the music is promoted from African American writers and black blog websites. Buy an ad. Yeah. Like to like don't just hey we're doing this thing. Like I think black bloggers, people who who have a follow a large following of black people, like black people come to them to see what's up, to see what's going on. If you want them to advertise I don't know if this is from someone who works for an institution, but if you want them to advertise and to write about, um, and promote yes, yeah, it's promoted. If you want them to promote this music pay them to because that's how business like I think that, yeah. th- that's a surefire way to make it happen just like you will pay anybody else to promote your stuff mm-hmm. and also like going along with that if you have 
if you ha- if you paid black people to help you find those people, they will tell you uh, who to go to because there's a lot of there's a lot of um, things you might not know about because you don't have black people in charge and and or in the room no and in the room so um yeah i mean if you wanted to get some people to if you wanted to get some people to tune into a a a nationwide broadcast of of somebody some black person doing a a a recital or whatever playing all black composers da 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 I say this all the time. Put it on the read. The read gets 400,000 streams per episode on SoundCloud alone on average. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and there's a tie there because Chris Hill is a musician. You know, put it on the friend zone. Joe Budden. If you want to. I mean, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, not this. As we, as we are recording. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's my advice for that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I forgot. I always forget to say something. There was something else I was gonna say, but whatever. Um, do y'all accept guest suggestions for your show? Can think of a few people I'd love to hear y'all interview. Sure. Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like after one experience we had, we kind of. <laughs> that episode never saw the light of day ever. Um. But yeah, I mean, we got a lot of guests coming up, so we're probably not gonna do a guest for a long time. A that. long period. So we got a lot. Y'all gonna be like, so right. <laughs> but it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun. Um, and yeah, I feel like sometimes we be. Oh, I'll speak. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I be uh, reluctant to do guests just because we have a routine and mm. then fitting somebody else's schedule in the mix. Be like, oh goodness. But yeah, yes, we do take suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Do you think it's time for institutions to preserve slash conserve truly, truly music and innovation of America cultural melting pot rather than European music and innovation? Do you think we are st- still busy upholding one subset of the global population's music? So someone came in late. <laughs> <laughs> Sissy Wissy. Yes. Girl, you've been colonized. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's too late. So I don't want to. Um, but I don't want to be like you, dummy, wummy. Like, but (laughs) but at the same time, yes, I think that that is what the canon is. It's this um, Mm -hmm. us, you know, upholding um, one subset of the global population's music. It's you know really Europe yeah I think Sorry. they really framed whole schools of music around <laughs> like I don't know and then just world music after that my girl I feel like it's too late and then and and then you know y'all come with y'all may dip y'all toes over here in America but one only for white composers and two y'all only do it after the abolition of slavery because y'all want to talk about that Y'all mm-hmm. want to talk about nothing that got to do with that. Like, it's very convenient. Like, oh, it's radio silence over here before that? No music? No one had ever heard a note before? No, because some of y'all favorite orchestras was operating when slavery was still in full effect. Y'all really got up on that stage. People are picking cotton and getting beaten to death. 
Oh. Yeah, I will not seek eternal peace. I don't care. <laughs> In the words of Katie's grandma, y'all not seeing heaven. <laughs> so, um, did I read that one? That's your turn to read. Oh, okay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, last one. We made it. Oh, glory be. Can we get to the point that we challenge the question of quality with clearly stating that the question of quality is cloaked in racism? I think that question is can y'all get to the point because that's what we did in the yeah in the presentation. So yes, we waiting on y'all. Why people been waiting? We been new. We been waiting. So yeah, the the the. Yeah, and I think, like, um, yeah, the question of quality is cloaked in racism. Set that in the thing. If you missed it a couple episodes ago, it's in the title. Um, and also the the structure of, like, what we mean when we say quality mm-hmm. is that. And that's relevant to Chris Jenkins' article, which, again, I will link. So scholar. I, I'm literally copying and pasting the link. How do you find it, scholar? Me a scholar. On Twitter, where I rot my brain cells away. <laughs> 16 hours a day so we not <laughs> clearly not since you following all these scholarly people it's birds of a feather i love that for you yeah because let me be happy for you yeah because i was about to say something i shouldn't say on the mics not something i should okay let's just move on <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because it's room for everyone at the top what are you talking about delaney all right, y'all. So this week I am talking about Jermaine Stegall. I hope I'm saying his last name right or Stegall. Um, so I came to uh, I came across uh, Jermaine through his most recent project, which was Scoring Coming to America, the sequel okay. to um, to Eddie Murphy's uh, Coming to America, which came out I think in 1988 or something like that, which is crazy. I want to watch it again. I've been um, to do it again. Yeah, I feel like I watched Coming to America like maybe two years ago. Yeah, I watched like, that's it recently. the most too. recent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I haven't seen this new one. It's on Amazon Prime if y'all if y'all wanna catch it. Um, but he scored uh the film for that. In case y'all in case y'all didn't know that I starring it. Eddie Murphy, James James Earl Jones, Wesley Snipes, Arsenio Hall. I gotta do that every time I say <laughs> Arsenio Hall's name because it's the show. Tracy Morgan, uh, Leslie Jones. Um, so he's worked closely with, huh? I forgot Leslie was on that. Oh yeah. Um, he's worked closely with a lot of Hollywood's biggest composers, including himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, I'm talking about, he's worked closely with. He is. <laughs> <laughs> they work closely with him. <laughs> um, uh, a recent live orchestral performance um, that he has done because, by the way, he don't just compose. He be up there with that baton as well. Um, he um, conducted a string orchestra alongside Grammy Award winning artist Tori Kelly um, at the ESPY Awards in 2019. Um, he was also uh, asked to conduct the Camila Cabello Orchestra live on ABC at the American Music Awards in 2019, sorry, 2018. Um, he has also uh, provided music scoring for some Netflix original uh, series, mm. plural, uh, the, the Christmas Chronicles and the Christmas Chronicles 2. Um, listen, in addition to uh, over 23 feature films, um so you know he's been out here he's got tons and tons and tons of um motion picture uh credits 
Um, so I'm going to link his, his website so that y'all can, you know, break your fingers scrolling through um, um, and learn more about his work as a, com- a composer, a conductor, a producer, etc., etc., etc. So shout out to Jermaine for being black and excellence um, and uh, bringing some black music to the big screen. Period. Purr. My little piece of the week. It's not little. It's by TT Flow. Hey, Auntie. If I feel if I ever meet her in the afterlife, like she's definitely gonna have to give me some talking to. Her. <laughs> she's gonna be like, so let's unpack why you thought that was necessary. It's too late now. That's all. That's how I hear her name in my head. Anyway, um, my piece is called Adoration by Florence Price, and it's a. Who it was you a, adoring? You said what? Who you adoring? Not on your Mr. Taylor. <laughs> what do you? I will. I will share that. What, what did he say to me that one time? When you said you you told somebody in your studio to be more delicate, he was like, "Who you getting delicate with? <laughs> we are in class." <laughs> I miss him. I was like, "Why are you like this?" And then can couldn't dude couldn't even focus on my comment after that because everybody laughing. I'm like, okay, trifling. Um, but yeah, uh, for organ, um, but it has been arranged for single orchestra in the meeting day. All right, you are annoying. Let me, I'm gonna move you so I can say the outro. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, and let's see. Oh, don't need a new host suggestion this week, but I'll let you know. Send it to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Check us out on our website at classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you're a black musician, join ISBM. It's free. Like, dang, like, uh, like, uh, it's free. Like, uh. IceBlackMusicians.com. Follow us on social media at IceBlackMusicians. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.